Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on Cricket World Cup podcast from TalkSport. So, it's India against New Zealand in Manchester on Tuesday. And England against Australia in Birmingham on Thursday. The winners of which will face each other in the final next Sunday at Lords. The prize, the 2019 Cricket World Cup. A look back at the final two group games to come after India and, surprisingly, South Africa swept aside their opposition. A match day review of the third Women's Ashes ODI and myself and Steve Harmison assess India and New Zealand's chances ahead of their match on Tuesday. You're listening to Following On. Hello and welcome to the show. Well, excitement abounds as England, Australia, New Zealand and India all get themselves ready for the semi-finals this week. We must pray for no rain in and around the Birmingham area of England on both Thursday and Friday. The last thing anybody wants is a washout because, of course, that would mean Australia will qualify for the World Cup itself. It was a fascinating weekend of Cricket World Cup action, the last weekend of the group stages, with India swatting aside Sri Lanka like a pesky fly and winning that game handsomely. Meanwhile, in Manchester, Australia... Uh, really struggling against South Africa. Not many people saw that coming, even when you consider the brilliant record that South Africa have got against uh, Australia in recent times. But uh, after being uh, posted a plus 300 score, and despite a fabulous knock from David Warner uh, and a good supporting hand from Alex Carey as well, what a breakout tournament he's had. Uh, Australia just uh, failing at the last, really, and it means that we've got two sumptuous semi-finals to look forward to. The first one on Tuesday, India against New Zealand, and uh, then on Thursday, England against Australia. Uh, first up, let's uh, uh, hear from uh, the captains involved in Tuesday's game, uh, starting with India's Virat Kohli. 
the mood is great. Uh, everyone's very relaxed, very confident. Um, and look, we all the teams worked hard to get to these moments. And now, you know, whoever plays better on the day, we know that um, things are as simple or as complicated as, as that. So um, we're all looking forward to it. It's been uh, a long tournament. It's been a lot of hard work, a lot of intense games. Um, so, yeah, we're really, really happy that we have made it to the semis. And now um, there's only opportunity that, that lies in front of us and everyone's very excited for it. Uh, is there a change in mindset when you approach a knockout compared to what you've played so far in terms of the nine games of the pool stages? And if so, how does the team sort of prepare for a knockout and we have no chance to slip? Well, it is a little bit different, uh, if I have to be totally honest. Um, league stages, when you know that you just need a victory to qualify, then the team is a bit more relaxed and you, know, you can go out there and, and try a few things. But... I think knockout games, you need to be very precise at the same time being intense. So I think that balance, it, this is more similar to, you know, the, the toughest situations you'll get in test cricket, where you have to be absolutely precise, but your intent cannot go down. So I think decision making will be crucial. And um, both teams are experienced enough to have played these games. New Zealand was in the finals last time and they know how to play knockout games. Uh, they've had a wonderful World Cup again. So... The quality side, um, but yeah, on the day, whichever team is more brave um, in in being calculative, I think uh, that team stands a better chance to win. So, yeah, we we understand that combination. We have made it uh, to a lot of knockout games and finals. Um, so it's it's up to both the teams to bring their A game, and then whoever handles pressure better uh, is the team that's going to come out on top. And we s certainly are looking forward to doing that. Virat, what's your assessment of the New Zealand attack and how do you sum up the performance of the Indian attack so far? Well, I, if, if according to me, I think our bowling attack has been up there with the best, if not the best bowling attack in the competition. I think the way we have bowled in low-scoring games, even coming back into the match when the guys have been hit, I think we've shown a lot of character. Um, and New Zealand attack has always been a very balanced bowling attack. Um, their paces are very consistent. Um, Mitchell Santner brings in a lot of control uh, with his skills in the middle overs. So, yeah, they're a team which has always been a very consistent team. So, we know that up against them we'll have to be very, very disciplined. Uh, at the same time, we'll have to play very correct cricket to you know, score runs against them because they bowl in good uh, lines and lengths and um, they know exactly what they're doing. So, we have to be absolutely sure of what we are doing and that's the kind of challenge that team brings. They put the ball in the right areas and then, you know, make you play good shots. So, um, it's going to be a nice battle. We've played against them a lot. Um, but yeah, they're a, they're a quality side and a very, very uh, potent bowling attack. So not for the first time, Virat Kohli playing things straight and uh, keeping his cards very close to his chest. It will be fascinating to see what uh, uh, team India go in with because they have chopped and changed in the last couple of games. Uh, and we'll get more from that uh, from Steve very shortly. Uh, Kane Williamson, another man with uh, a few uh, selection uh, ponderables to ponder, um, was speaking ahead of the game let's have a listen to what he had to say um yeah our uh, attacks perform really well on a on a real variety of surfaces where um taking pace off has been really important um certainly on the the round robin stages on, on the surfaces that we were on so they've adapted superbly um and we'll need to do that again coming into this next match and and uh, assess conditions as, as quickly as possible and um the indian bowling attack is a uh, 
an outstanding bowling attack. Um, you know, with certainly a lot of world-class operators in there. Um, you know, as a side, they're very well balanced with a, a lot of high-quality players. But um, yeah, it's it's one of those uh, I, I guess occasions where uh, every team's worked so hard to to end up in the in the last four, where to a certain extent it, it all starts again. Where the day comes and anything can happen and all sides have, have beaten one another on a number of occasions throughout the last few years so um, it's a really exciting opportunity for all teams. Uh, Kane, you've obviously have a, had, a, had a wonderful tournament with the bat um, but some of the others, I'm talking about Guptill, Taylor, Latham maybe probably haven't produced the volume of runs that we're used to seeing from them you know, in between World Cups. Um, why do you think that that has been and how important is it that they take a bit of pressure off you tomorrow against a, a great attack? Yeah, I think for everybody that it sort of starts fresh tomorrow after uh, what was a, a very tough round robin stage and we were certainly expecting that it would be tough but I think what we didn't quite expect coming into the tournament was the the large variety of conditions that we faced that that definitely made perhaps batting with any rhythm a, a real challenge for everybody so um, being able to adapt with the bat and just try and contribute uh, to what would be a competitive total if you're batting first or obviously chasing a score down is, is certainly what's the most important thing. And I know the guys' mindsets will definitely be that uh, going into to tomorrow's match and, and we'll have to assess conditions again. But you know, a lot of surfaces in our round-robin play were sort of 230, 240, which were really, really competitive um, because of the nature of the track. So, um, look, it's... It's just a great occasion to be a part of. I know the guys are really excited by the opportunity to go out and try and play with that freedom that when we do gives us the best chance. Kane Williamson there speaking ahead of the first of two semi-finals this week. So, Steve Harmison, let's have a look at that game first because... You know, we know a lot of lot of cricketers, a lot of cricket journalists, a lot of people who love cricket. Um, obviously, I've got links in New Zealand and in England. Um, struggling to find anybody who gives New Zealand a prayer. Yeah, they seem to be written off. They seem to start brilliantly and then they sort of limped over the, the line into the semi-finals. But when you've got somebody like Kieran Williamson, a bit like Joe Root, who holds the, the sort of team together... And you have got a guy at the top of the order, even though at the minute he, he struggles to spell run, I might get one, that's Martin Guptill. If he goes off on one, he could get 150 in a crack, and that's India out the game. And I think that's what they've got to hope, and hold the hope that the form comes back from the start of the tournament. They've got the semi-final for a reason, they're good team, good players, and that's what Kian Williamson's got to tell his team. And I think when he does that, and you know, they'll go out there and hopefully they can put the last few games behind them and, uh, and tell each other why they got to the semi-final. Well, they got the semi-final because they scored, they scored a decent run rate. They've got a captain who scored a fantastic amount, amount of runs um, and they've got a bowling attack, arguably, to die for. For me, they've got probably one of the best bowling attacks in the competition if Lockie Ferguson's fit because he's huge to them. So there is there is cause for them to, you know, to have a bit of hope. Leardham, who's... Struggled like Guptill, got 50 in. I got he got 50 in the last game, so you'd, you'd think he'd go into it with a little bit more confidence in that middle order alongside Ross Taylor. But they have to get off to a good start at this minute in time. New Zealand are probably one of the worst starters from a batting lineup going there, uh, batting order going into a game that's in the top four. And if they fire, 
and Guptal fires the standard chance. The other thing, of course, they may have in their advantage is the conditions, isn't it? Because it does look a little cloudy today. We are seeing, expecting a bit of rain this mm. week. And in a one-off game, and we saw this actually in the warm-up before the start of the World Cup, Trent Bolt was irresistible at the Oval in a uh, in a friendly, essentially, uh, before the World Cup, tore through India. They were bowled out cheaply. New Zealand win the game. Same conditions, same bowler, and as you say, backed up with Lockie Ferguson. Uh, that Indian middle order, to me, once you get past the likes of K.L. Rahul, Rohit Sharma, uh, Virat Kohli, I, I'm, I don't think it's the most fearsome batting middle order in the tournament left. I would I'd say, actually, it's probably weaker than England's and on a par with Australia's. So if New Zealand can expose that and maybe go for the jugular a little bit more than what we saw when they had Australia 92 for five, it, it, it can be done. Oh, definitely. And I, I agree with that. As I've always said that this mid- Indian middle order, they haven't been tested really yet, not too much, um, apart from early in the, in the warm-up games. Um, and I think it was, was it Afghanistan that, this, this struggled a little bit, limped over the line to yeah. 220, 226, I think it was. Um, they are, I think they are quite vulnerable. I do agree. Pant, you don't know what you're going to get with Pant. Pandia, I think he's more, he, he's a fantastic cricketer, don't get me wrong, but I, as a frontline batsman, um, then you've got Dhoni in that middle and Kartik. I think there is a vulnerability in there, especially with what New Zealand bring to the party when it comes to Ferguson, Pierce, Henry's got Pierce, Bolt's arguably one of the best bowlers in the world. That that, that there, when you come up against the big boys, how how good is this middle order? And I think that will be tested. You know, look, India, India have got. Robert Sharma, he's got 500s, two more than David Warner and three more than anybody else in the tournament. So that tells you there, you know, you've, he's, in, he's in fine, fine touch, 500s, 150 in eight innings. So if they can get him early, it means you get Coley in early. And if Bolt gets that brand new ball to start moving, like you say, when the, when the conditions suit, you know, New Zealand have a chance. But if they don't, Sharma gets away. Coley gets in in the sort of 15th over like he has been doing because Keir Rowell's done quite well. They set a platform to be destructive, i.e. Pandya, Dhoni, Kartik coming in later on who can all clear the rope. So they'll be hoping for their game plan to work. It could come down to the toss. It could simply come down to who wins the toss. Um, and if there is cloud cover, it'll be an interesting decision if they are brave enough to bowl first because bowling first in this tournament hasn't really worked. What do you put that down to? Before we have a look at the strengths of India, uh, of the of the last 20 games played at the tournament, well, 16 of them have gone the way of the team batting first. And that kind of flies in the face of what has made India and England successful in recent times. And certainly the model of cricket these days is to chase. So why do you think it's switched around in this manner for this World Cup? Possibly uh, conditions, i.e. the pitch is They've not deteriorated. They just seem to get slower. I think I don't think there's been a deterioration as in a, a great deal of spin or uneven bounce. That just seems to be the life seems to get zapped out of them um, very, very quickly as the game goes. Pressure. Yeah, there's, there's a pressure chasing World Cup. They're not playing bilateral series where you, know, it, it, you if you lose, you get to 2-1 and go or go to 2-0 two, uh, two or 2-2 two, two or whatever in a five-match series. World Cup points are on stake. The pressure of chasing in the World Cup 
it could be slightly different. It could be a slightly uh, bigger and harder pressure. And you know, like I've said many, many times on on Talksport, John, when you talk about sportsmen and your human element, the human beings in it, the pressure does does come on. And I think that's what happened. That's what's happened in most games that we've played this tournament. If you get three fifty, between sorry, between three hundred and three fifty. That's a mammoth, mammoth score to chase. If the pitch is getting a bit slower and the pressure's coming on, wickets tumbling around, bowlers are bowling well. Uh, that all mounts up to the run rate, mounting up to seven, seven and a half, eight, eight and a half, and I think that there starts to sort of build a bit more pressure. And I think that's what's probably happened in these games. How do you think India are going to go in to this game? Because they've chopped and changed their lineup in the last few games. Uh, they've gone in with one wrist spinner. They've uh, alternated between Chahal and Koldeep Yadav. Uh, we've seen Bhuvneshwar Kumar get a game. As you say, Kartik's come in, Pants come in. I mean, they have changed, uh, changed around a little bit. What do you uh, foresee the 11 being for that first semi-final? I think Shami might come back in. Um, depending on we mentioned there I think a lot comes down to overhead conditions I think they'll contemplate playing two spinners um, and whether that's Jadeja and Yadav because they played in the last game uh, I think Bumaneshwar Kumar will play because no matter what the condition is um, if there is a slight uh, overhead it's perfect for them at this minute in time the way the, the, the pitch is at Old Trafford I think it just bounces a little bit and I think one thing about Kumar he does he tends to swing it a bit late but he hits the seam and it bounces just a touch from a shorter height and I think he'd be perfect for that for that pitch so I would I personally would play Boomer Kumar Boomer plays no doubt no question Boomer plays so I think if they go in it, it could simply come down to right we pick 12 we get to it the, the morning look up think is it going to swing do we need the extra seamer and Shami or do we go with the extra spinner and p- potentially play and strengthen that middle order baton and play Ravij uh, Jadeja? And I think they'll play Jadeja over just to give them that little bit depth in their baton because if Jadeja's not there, Bumanesh Rakuma has to bat eight and that is a long tail with a quite a vulnerable middle order. Uh, Scott Taylor has been casting his eye over the games at the weekend and looking ahead to these two semi-finals for us. Let's uh, have a little listen to his World Cup roundup. Yep, thanks very much, John. Here's the latest from the Cricket World Cup. So the semi-finals have been decided and it's yet another meeting between England and Australia. The first of many this summer, of course, with the Ashes taking place starting next month. Despite finishing above England and beating them in the group stages not so long ago, the mind games have already started for this game, with off-spinner Nathan Lyon saying the game will be England's to lose on Thursday. Obviously, England's the number one side. They're ranked rank one in the world. They're home, 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 so they're definitely favourites. So we'll, we'll be going in that grand, into that game as underdogs for sure, but um, I think we can take a lot of confidence out of the tournament. His captain, Aaron Finch, has been more up front, though, and is fully aware of the threat that England possess when it comes to that game at Edgbaston on Thursday. England have uh, been in really good form recently, so again, we're going to have to be at our absolute best to to win that. Um, but it's just going to be exciting. Any time Australia plays England, it's exciting. And just a reminder, there'll be updates of Australia against England in the Cricket World Cup semi-final on TalkSport, with extended coverage on TalkSport 2. Australia will face England because of that 10-run defeat to South Africa yesterday, but it did come at a cost for the Aussies. Batsman Usman Kawaja suffered a hamstring injury that has since ruled him out of the tournament, with Matthew Wade set to take his place in the side. Mitch Marsh has also been called up as cover following an injury to Marcus Stoinis. 
The latest setback comes just a day after batsman Sean Marsh suffered a broken arm in the nets. But despite all these injuries, Mitchell Stark believes they have the depth of talent to cope. We've got guys who, um, guys like Piggy Hanscom and Mitch Marsh and um, some other guys in the A squad have been playing some really good cricket if, if we do need to, to call guys up. Well, one player who is in red-hot form is opening batsman David Warner, who struck yet another century yesterday, his third of the tournament so far, with it coming just days after the birth of his third child. And his teammate Nathan Lyon had a message for him and his wife Candice ahead of that semi-final against England. I think he needs to have a... I think Candice and David need to have another child before the next week. I think every, every game he comes out and plays after having a, having a birth of, of a child you know, is spectacular. But he's a world-class player. We've known that for a very, very long time now. And the way he's hitting the ball, um, he's training exceptionally. Well, after South Africa's victory to Australia, the all-rounder JP Dumini announced his retirement from international cricket with immediate effect. The all-rounder was due to retire from ODI cricket after this summer's World Cup, but has since taken the decision to end his South Africa career altogether, saying the time was right to call it a day. It's been a huge honour to represent the Proteas and uh, very grateful for, as I said, for, for the opportunities to share the change room with so many greats of South African cricket. Uh, but I think in, just in, in the space I'm at, um, where I'm at in my life, I think this is, this is the right time. His captain, Faf Duplessis, paid tribute to him after the announcement. He's had a great career and he's, he can be incredibly proud of what he produced for, uh, I think he's played the most one-day cricket in our team <clears throat> right now, so he's the most experienced. Um, yeah, so I wish him well for what lies ahead. I'm sure it will be in cricket. So JP Dumini retires from international cricket, but what a career he has had. 326 matches for his country in all formats, over 9,000 runs and over 130 wickets with the ball as well. He'll go down as a great a South African cricket for sure. Well, looking ahead to the other semi-final now, India will face New Zealand after they beat Sri Lanka by seven wickets at Headingley to secure top spot in the group stages. Robert Sharma was yet again in the runs, becoming the first man to score five centuries in a World Cup taking his tally to an incredible 647 runs so far this tournament. He's also equaled the great Sachin Tendulkar's record of six World Cup centuries, but says all this won't matter if they don't win the World Cup. You have to wait four years for this. Uh, So eventually the job for us is to go and win the finals. But as long as that is not accomplished, you know, no, no matter how many runs you score in the tournament or how many hundreds you get, you don't feel satisfied. Sri Lanka captain Dimuth Kroonaratne says Sharma is the perfect inspiration for the next generation of cricketers. For the youngsters, it's an ideal character to you know watch him and you know learn something from him. You know, if you, you, you keep batting and batting, you know he was very hungry uh, for the runs. I think that's that's a that's a huge thing for the youngsters. Well, it's not just been Rohit Sharma who's been performing for India in this summer's World Cup. Of course, captain Virat Kohli has scored almost 450 runs so far. Cal Rahul has scored more than 350 and Mohamed Shami and Jasprit Bumrah have taken over 30 wickets between them. The latter is satisfied that everyone has contributed to their performances this summer. It's been good so far. Everybody's chipped in. A lot of runs have been scored. Everybody's taken equal responsibility. Good performances by everyone. So, so far, so good. So India faced New Zealand in the first of the semi-finals at Old Trafford on Tuesday. And the Sri Lankan batsman Lahiru Tiramane has tipped them to go all the way and win the trophy. England uh, and India 
has more chance, chances. Uh, uh, I, I think I hope that uh, India will, might win the World Cup. Yeah. Other professionals in the game have had their say on the semi-finals, and the former South African all-rounder JP Dumanis believes that India will be heavy favourites for the game at Old Trafford. New Zealand, India, India probably your favourites. Uh, New Zealand had started the tournament reasonably well, but have found a few speed bumps towards the back end of, of the round robin. And just a reminder, there'll be updates of India against New Zealand in the Cricket World Cup semi-final on Tuesday on Talk Sport, with extended coverage, of course, on Talk Sport 2. And finally, the umpires and officials for the World Cup semi-finals have been announced. Taking charge of India against New Zealand on Tuesday will be English umpires Richard Illingworth and Richard Tettleborough, with Australian Rod Tucker on third umpire duties. For the second semi-final between Australia and England at Edgbaston on Thursday, the on-field umpires will be Sri Lankan Tumar Dharmasena and South African Maria Rasmus. The third umpire will be New Zealander Chris Gaffney, while Pakistan's Alim Dar will be the fourth official. Well, be sure to listen to Tuesday's following on podcast while they react to the first of the semi-finals as India face New Zealand for a place in the Cricket World Cup final. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, and I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies. In the culinary capital of the Caribbean, there truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Well, I know you're probably still struggling with the after effects um, of uh, 
spending Friday uh, at your daughter's wedding, Harmy. So Saturday might have been a bit of a write-off, but uh, what did you make of the two games that took place? No real surprise with India swatting aside at Sri Lanka, another century, as you made mention of, of Rohit Sharma, his fifth of the tournament. But uh, Australia just showing their fallibility, I suppose. Berendorf and Stark, Paul with the new ball, um, conceding a big score, 320-odd. And then, of course, uh, the likes of Kawaja and Stoinish picking up injuries in that chase. Uh, unlikely we're going to see them again in the World Cup. Um, and then not only losing the game, but not finishing top. And now they're going to be playing England on Thursday, which you've got to say... They'd rather be playing New Zealand. So uh, what did you make of the two games? Yeah, you'd rather have played New Zealand with the current form of the teams going in. Um, Yeah, you're right. Saturday was a... It was a it was a duvet day line watching watching the cricket because it was a fantastic day on Friday uh, for the family, but it was a recovery day definitely on uh, on Saturday. And to be fair, I thought there was some good cricket played. I thought the South Africans played really really well. I thought David Warner was you know really good. I thought he stood up to the to the to Rabada. I thought Rabada bowled you know with good pace, and it showed on that pitch. What 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 I did take out of that. John was the pitch at Old Trafford it bounced that ball bounced and it went through so it'll be interesting to see if it does when India come up against New Zealand uh, on Tuesday but there was some some very very good cricket I thought the Australians are they're not in disarray not that, that they're not in disarray but I think they've got a lot of questions to be asked about the level of fitness of the majority of their side because when you look down at look down Kawaja and I think is it Kawaja and Stoinis have been replaced by Matty Weird and Mitch Marsh which I'm not sure how they fit into their group when it comes to picking their team for, for Thursday because I, I see them being one out and out batsman short so that would be interesting to see how they go mm. um, Stark you know looks as though he's in I think he's he's probably been the, if Robert Sharma like we mentioned before has been the pick of the batsman on this on this World Cup I think uh, Mitchell Stark has definitely been that Baron Offsball well Cummins is looking as though he's you know, his pace is still up so it's going to be an interesting interesting game when it comes to to Thursday but I think Australia will be really kicking themselves thinking we play in South Africa they're out of the tournament to chance to go top and really sort of get into the final by playing New Zealand and get to a Lord's final where the pressure is going to be on England if England get there because it's a home final or potentially going up against India. I think uh, Australia will be kicking themselves going into Thursday thinking we should we should have been playing New Zealand on Tuesday. What about that game then, England against Australia? You mentioned Australia's uh, selection quandaries and I, I agree. I mean, I think they're going to have real debates. Do they bring... Colton Oll back in for Berendorf. Have we seen the best of him? Do they bring in Hanscom for Kawaja? Bearing in mind, Hanscom hasn't played any cricket. Sean Marsh, of course, ruled out with a broken arm, so they don't have any out-and-out mm. batsmen to come in. And then Mitchell Marsh in for Stoinis. But again, Marsh has played very little cricket, so I'd say that's a bit of a problem for the Aussies. England, though, it's an interesting one. I felt, or I was mulling in my mind, that if we'd been playing India... England might have thought about dropping Rashid and bringing back Moeen Ali mm. because of the way, the ease in which uh, India seemed to uh, to play Rashid and it strengthens the batting, notionally, because Ali's batting actually hasn't been particularly good. What 11 do you think England are going to go in against Australia on Thursday? I'd lo- I, honestly, if Moeen Ali's head is in the right place and he's fit and firing, then he's in my team every time 
but I'm not sure where his head's at, headspace is at, as well as, yeah, he seems to be struggling a little bit because he strengthens my bat and then he gives gives me a chance to get to 350. See, seeing Wokes coming at seven is not the same as seeing Ali coming no, at seven, No, exactly. And we've got that comfort blanket. Even though Mo's struggling a little bit for runs, you know, World Cup semi-final, but you've got it. you can look across the other side and you think, well... If he comes in at seven, who's he going to be facing against? Cummins, Baranoff, possibly Coulter Nyleff, that change made, Stark. He's coming up against Pierce. He's coming up against pure Pierce. So is is Mo and Ali the right man to come in at, at that you know, come into the team from a batting point of view, talking about it? I, I, I like Rashida in my team. Again, I like two spinners. Mm. I think they both bowl well. But I'm not sure I can drop Archer, Wood, Plunkett or Wokes. So again my selection head on I'd be getting it right down to the wire and probably going with the same team that's got me here the same team that's got me here which has worked perfectly and thinking right my 11 even with Wokes coming in at 7 I still think my 11 can beat Australia so it'll be interesting to see if they do have a change because when they get to Thursday they get to Edge Baston it does turn that little bit more it is a little bit slower also so Achilles Hill Australia let's not forget yeah they are with a Playing spin, that's not their strength. It never has been. It hasn't, no. And you, if you go through it, I, I personally think Weird might bat three for Australia. I think he might come in at three for Australia because Matty Weird's been playing ear, ear, uh, Australia ear in England. Mm. I think he's been opening the bat. And he's yeah, had, he's been he's scoring one, a bucket load of runs. He's had one, if not two hundreds, I, I yeah. think. So from that point of view, he might just come in at three. Maxwell go to five, Mitchell Marsh at six, or Carey at six, Mitchell Marsh go down to seven, which then gives you, you know, a little bit of strength in that in that middle order. But if you look through that, you've got Warner, Weird, um, Carey in the first six. They're all left-handers. So you think, well, Mo might come into it more, but mm. I, I just think, I just think Morgan likes Rashid and trusts Rashid as well as he trusts Plunkett. Probably not trusting as Plunkett as much at this moment in time because um, he's not bowling as well as Rashid can do. But I still think the team that's playing for England at this moment in time are probably our best eleven. As in, well, I'm trying to say what what they're actually good at. So I think our best five bowlers are Wood, Archer, Rashid, Plunkett, Wokes. Our best six batsmen. Or Roy, Besto, Root, Morgan, Stokes, Butler. To leave one of them out, I'm, I'm sort of probably weakening at one of the disciplines to try and find somebody who can cover both bases. I'd rather just go me five best batsmen, five best bowlers, six best batsmen, and the team that's been playing and doing well. I'm going to stick with you and go into the semi-final and hopefully you win for me. Just a quick one before we change tack slightly. Who would you rather have seen England play in the semi-final, India or Australia? India. I would rather have England played India because wow. I think I think England I think England in a semi-final the nerves the pressure everything that goes with a semi-final would be a lot easier than walking out at Lords on Sunday the 14th of July and I think the strongest team in the that's left from England in the competition is India and I think if England were to play against India in the semi-final and beat them I think the pressure's still massive. All that goes with it. But I don't think either of the other teams are as strong as India and the game wouldn't be, would be slightly an easier game for England in the final if they play Australia or New Zealand in the final. I think India probably are the, are the best team in the tournament at this minute in time on performance. 
and, and that's why I'd rather play them in the semi-final with less the lesser hype and pressure of a home World Cup final, all the pressure of what's going to come in the build-up to the final, on the morning, Lords, all the razzmatazz that goes with it. If England start, start slowly in that final against India, especially if the bowl first and Sharma gets away, I don't think... I don't think we could drag it back. I think against Australia or New Zealand in that final, I still think if England starts slowly, they can still get back into the game. And that's why I'd have gone for the better team against the best team in the semi-final as opposed to the final. Mm, That's an interesting way of thinking of things. Um, Well, look, the spectre of Australia winning the World Cup at Lords, winning the Ashes at the Oval, um, has been compounded by this start the... Ashes have got underway in the women's uh, tournament as well. Sam Ellard now looks back at the third ODI between England women and Australia women. An awful day at the office for England. Ellis Perry taking seven wickets as England implode. Bowled out for 75, losing to Australia in the third one-day international by 194 runs. England embarrassed with the bat, losing six wickets inside the first 10 overs. The top score of the innings was Laura Marsh, who made 21. But how about these figures for Perry? 10 overs, four maidens, 22 runs, seven wickets. The best figures for an Australian female cricketer in ODI cricket. Now, the day did start off well for England. They won the toss and opted to bowl in swinging conditions, considering the Aussies were 130 for one after 22 overs. I think England would have been happy that they restricted Australia to under 275. It looked at one stage they would post over 325, but they lost five wickets for 78 runs in the middle overs, which brought England back into the game. Nat Siva, the pick of the England bowlers, picking up three wickets, Lanning top scored with 69. With the bat, England was simply not good enough. Bowled out for 75. They've now lost the first three one-day internationals, which means Australia have six points, England zero. England will now need to win the Test match and the three T20 internationals if they're to win the Ashes. At the third one-day international in Canterbury, Australia win by 194 runs. Thanks to Sam Eller there. Yeah, crushing defeat for England. They've gone uh, naught for three and now with an eye to the Test match, which starts on the 18th of July. They just have to win that. There's uh, no way back otherwise. Uh, Harmy, uh, thanks for your time today, as always. Really looking forward to, to uh, the first semi-final. We can both just sit back and watch that a little bit of pressure-free cricket. And uh, following on, we'll be back uh, off of the back of that and then of course uh, Harmy's World Cup phoning off the back of England-Australia on Thursday I mean England-Australia in a semi-final of a World Cup uh, it doesn't get uh, too much bigger than that does it? No it doesn't get any better than that and it'll be a great spectacle Edge Baston bouncing it'll be a fantastic place to be Absolutely now, do you know what I gambled about nine months ago my sister's 40th has just uh, occurred about two weeks ago and I went into the ballot and I got four tickets to the semi-final and I've got her tickets for that game at Edgbaston. So uh, sometimes your luck's in, eh? Sometimes yeah, your luck's in. What a, what a man. What yeah, a man. Abs- absolutely. For a 30th, I've got a final World Cup... Uh, T20 World Cup final tickets 2009 so she, her birthdays milestone birthdays seem to coincide with uh, big cricket tournaments in this country you're under pressure for 50 man. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> uh, mate have a good one and we'll you. speak again on Thursday Cheers, to John. never miss an episode be sure to subscribe either on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app and as I say see you on Tuesday to look back at the first semi-final between India and New Zealand
The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 